What is up, everybody? I uh, just want to fill you guys in. If you didn't know, we've hit episode number 69. We are recording our 69th episode of the podcast today. Wait, why is that significant? Um, I don't know why. They say if you if you hit that number, that you've like reached a milestone as a podcaster. Oh. You've reached like podcasting like maturity if you've hit that oh. episode. Hmm. So all of our content from here on out should just get get better. Must be an exciting number and an exciting time. It's mom, dad. It's a sexual innuendo. Yeah. I know they'll be listening, so I'm letting them know. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I have to explain this to my parents. Oh, <laughs> no. Corey has to give his parents the talk. Listen. <laughs> I don't know. Ew. No. I'm not, I'm not explaining that to Ken. No way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, if you love Big Ten football, you came to the right place. Welcome to Big Banter, everyone. If you're new here, make sure you like and follow wherever you're listening. And uh, follow us on the socials, too. Uh, on Instagram and threads at B1G Banter, and then on Twitter at B1G Banter Pod. Ethan, why don't you say something nice to the listeners? Ladies and gentlemen, mom and dad, um, we thank you so much for joining us today. I just got, I want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. We're going to dive into a few things here today. Uh, obviously, Michigan made the hire of Sharon Moore. We'll, we'll jump into that. And then we have an offensive coordinator hire for Iowa, um, along with a bunch more. So just buckle in. Nice, nice relaxing episode. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. Just sit back and relax and enjoy us tickling your ears with a little bit of Big Ten football. All right. Well, let's tickle those ears. Sharon Moore is officially named the head coach at the University of Michigan. His contract is for five years, five and a half million. And I, I thought of a question after he was hired that I wanted to ask the people on Instagram. And so I did. I made a poll and I said, is the Sharon Moore hire the right hire, the easy hire, or both? Because I feel like it probably would be, could be viewed as just an easy hire, right? Everyone loved him, internal, all that stuff. So this is how everyone answered. 48% of people said it was just the easy hire. 40% said it was both the easy and the right hire. And 12% said it was the right hire. So I guess you could say 52% of people thought it was the right hire. And about 48% thought it was just like the easy get out of jail free hire. That's much closer to the middle than I kind of expected this to be. Corey, let's toss it to you. Easy hire, right hire, or both? Um, good question. I think even on the poll that I answered uh, that it was the right hire because looking at it from strictly a like coaching uh, circuit, like hire, you didn't really have any other choice. Um, and I think like that goes into the decision as well. You could have done like a nationwide search. You could have found your guy, so to speak, if we're just looking at this from strictly the circuit higher. But that would have been long drawn out. That would have 
taken away from the core that you've been building if you were just looking at it at that way. But I don't think necessarily that that was the case either because you look at some of the things that Sharon Moore has been doing and you hear about some of the things that have been said about him. In 2022, there was a quote that was floating around from Jim Harbaugh shortly after the Big Ten Championship or just before, and he's singing this singing praises to this guy. He's saying there's no better person to to come up through the ranks and coach this team. There's no better person to uh, lead this next generation of Michigan players, something along those lines. And I would have to think that that's true. Like Jim Harbaugh usually just doesn't say things for the sake of saying them. Now, was he trying to get out and go to the NFL? Maybe it appears that way. But also, he was back with the team and he was saying, this is the guy that you need to hire. And you saw, you could have said and said, okay, like Jim Harbaugh is just trying to cover his tracks. But look at what the players were saying about him that played with him, uh, like on Instagram, on Twitter, on all of these different social media platforms. And they were saying, yep, Moore's the guy. Zinter's like, I think Zinter's like, yep, easy choice, Papa Moore's team, like stuff like that. And even the recruits, that show up in your feed we're all like let's go i have no i have no worries about the direction of this program and i think the most interesting thing is because there's some sort of special portal rule have you heard of any players that have jumped ship since this hire was announced just one and he was a like depth defensive lineman who got barely uh, any playing time fifth year defensive tackle I saw that too. But outside of that, all of the pieces that you want to come back are coming back, even down to Donovan Edwards, who said the Harbaugh decision had no impact on whether or not he was going to come back. And all of these other guys, I think Macari Page, you had, uh, I mean, Will Johnson has to come back, but then a couple of these key players that could have gone on to the draft are coming back on the defensive side of the ball, and all of the offensive linemen are like, let's go. We cannot wait to keep this thing going. So, I think it was the right hire based off of what you have in the room and the circumstance that was around uh, what Michigan had to do. If the players are excited, that's what matters. And he was a guy who helped rebuild this culture at Michigan. So for me, it's definitely both. I think it was a very easy hire. Um, Anytime your coaching search takes about 11 minutes, it's an easy hire. But that doesn't mean that it's not the right hire as well. Sometimes the easy thing to do is the right thing to do. And I think in this case, that is what it was. Um, In order to retain the players that you have coming in from recruiting, and in order to retain all the players that you did on your active roster, Sharon Moore needed to be that guy. And oh, by the way, he proved himself as a head coach in-game against a top 10 Penn State team a top two Ohio State team, and on the road in, and I know people are going to say, well, what about that Maryland game? For me, that's a trap game. And your only job in that situation is to walk out of there with a win. And he did. So in my mind, it, there, it was a no-brainer hire. And I think you are actually going to see a major uptick in Michigan recruiting. And I think it's going to happen because number one, let's like, I'm, I'm just going to talk facts for a second here. 
who would you rather have as a recruiter for your school? A white guy in his 60s or late 50s or whatever Harbaugh is, or a 37-year-old black guy who is much more in touch with culture and things like that? To me, the answer is very obvious. I think Sheryl Moore is going to be able to connect because the majority of these athletes coming into the school are African-American. And, and, and that's just, that's just the facts. And I think that it, it will play a huge role in having a young, energetic, up and coming coach and not somebody who's viewed as, and look, Jim Harbaugh won a national championship. You're never going to be able to take that away. Like he did, he took Michigan to the peak. But if there is somebody who can step in and say, you know what? Yes, we did things well, but I think there's other things that we can do even better. Number one being recruiting. I think Sharone Moore is absolutely that guy. Yeah, I agree with you both. I would say it was the easy hire and the right hire. I I think the point that Corey made about roster um, maintenance is absolutely crucial so the rule you referenced Corey, is that with when there's a head coaching change players have a 30-day window to enter the transfer portal which is what you just saw happen to alabama right with caleb downs julian saying a bunch of guys leaving bama we haven't seen that with michigan because sharon moore has been elevated to head coach he gets to maintain uh some of the staff not all of the staff but some of the staff maintain culture he's a familiar face so he's probably recruited a a lot of the guys that are there. So it helps keep who's in the building already. What you oh, that was a <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> a little a little behind the scenes. <laughs> when when we Which, want to like everybody who interject someone or add to their point, we do like the three ball sign over our eye. universe. With but we're all twins, watching the Michigan Michigan State game at the same time right now, and Michigan just would not be would not be I thought both right of you were about to interrupt me. This is what they would be talking about. But how how far have we fallen? Where Michigan and Michigan State are playing a 9 p.m. Tuesday tip in a conference game? Oh my gosh, this is terrible! Oh, and we're the oh, sickos oh, that are watching we it. Have fallen, and and here's the thing, like. I want to make something very, very clear. Michigan's fall from grace has been much worse than Michigan State's. And Michigan State is still very much in play to make this tournament. It's horrible. But neither is good. My, My cousin is a diehard MSU fan, and he is done with this basketball team. Like, just straight up done. So, aye, aye, aye. It's It's hard out here. As easy as it is being a Michigan football fan right now, it's equally as hard to be a Michigan basketball fan. <laughs> Listen, a small price to pay for a national championship. But I wanted to say something real quick. Uh, Harbaugh had the khakis and then the Lululemon pants. What's the early What's the early pull on uh, Sharon Moore's like go-to thing? I hear a lot of people saying the puffer vest. Oh, 100%. I was... He's a puffer vest guy. Hmm. So are we all getting puffer vests? Is that is that is that happening? It's the vest. He's a he's a vest guy. 
Yeah, he's a puffer vest, dude. Puffy vest. No doubt. Here's here's the Mine's uh, been ordered. Well, and he's got the um he's got the mantra smash <laughs> Michigan smash, right? Smash Michigan. Sm- smash or pass Sharon Moore's always smash. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Well, and he is a fairly good-looking guy. Like we I'm not going to get weird about it, but let's get a little times. weird about it. He's he whoever he hires to be the new Correct. OC, he's going to be like they're going to be talking plays over the over the headset. Hey, Sharon, should we uh, smash or pass? <laughs> it's smash every time. Smash. Even when we pass, we smash. Going to be really interesting to see what he does in the DC position, though. Um, he's going to need to take his time and find somebody who can come in and be, you know what? And if you've got to go to the Ravens well one more time, by all that means, that should absolutely be it. the move to go to the Ravens well. And that pipeline, that pipeline should one thousand percent still be open. If Harbaugh could do anything to help out Michigan, you would think he absolutely would. And calling up his brother and being like, hey, if we got to go to that well one more time, go ahead. I know, oh, you guys, I looked into it right before we started the podcast. I can't remember his name. There is another young coach on the coaching staff for the Ravens that is looked up, looked at as an up and comer. Go nab him. Go nab him. So I, I do think that that's a possibility, but also it's going to be, it's on Sharon. You know, he's a big boy now. He, he's, he's in the big boy role. So um, the onus is on him. It's up to him to go out there and get a new DC and get this team ready to play. But And a new OC anyways. and a new play caller. Cause he actually hinted at the fact that he's probably not going to call plays. He's probably going to step away and let someone else do that. So these are two really big hires for the next, you know, three to four years of Michigan football success. And last thing before we move on to your point, Ethan, about recruiting. This is, this is, Sharon this is Morris, the, we are, we are a well uh, research. Do we say Sharon or Sharon? Is it Sharon, is it Sharon or Sharon? I've always said Sharon more. Okay. We'll go. Well, Golly. well, one or the other. Uh, Sharon is the, I, I don't, I don't read too well. But he's the highest-ranked recruiter on Michigan staff. 24-7 has him ranked as the 21st best recruiter in the entire nation. So, And he he's mentioned, or I shouldn't say he's mentioned, it's been rumored behind the scenes of recruiting. He wants to it's the higher recruiting to make. by a Absolutely. wide margin. So and There's no questions about it. We all agree, easy right hire. Doesn't mean it's a home run hire, but I think for right now in this phase of where Michigan football, uh, where Michigan's football program is at, he was the guy. I think it's a great way to put it. Uh, another hire that was made in the conference, Iowa. Kirk Ferentz finally found himself an offensive coordinator. They have hired Tim Lester, who spent the last year as an offensive analyst for the Green Bay Packers. And then six seasons before that, he was the head football coach at Western Michigan for the Broncos. So I'll go. We know what Green Bay's offense did this year. Well, maybe if you're not an NFL or Green Bay fan, you didn't. But Green Bay's offense got way better as the season progressed, and he's just an analyst, so I don't know that we can draw a ton from that. Uh, he was probably learning more than anything. But points per game by season when he was the head coach at Western Michigan, starting from his first year, 
where they ranked in terms of points per game. So this is not their actual points per game. This is just where they ranked in the country. 29th, 51st, 33rd, 8th, 23rd, and then the last season before he was hired was 122nd, which that seems to be the outlier. But everything else is a top 30 finish except for two years. So seems like he knows what he is doing on the offensive side of the football. It's got to be better than Brian Ferentz. You'd think anything would be. Is his is his last name Ferentz? Uh, double checking. Lester is different than Ferentz, correct? Oh, yes, it is. Okay, so uh, it's an upgrade. We Do we need to dive into the Ferris family tree and make sure he's not like a cousin or a brother-in-law? Honestly, honestly, that might be where our research is m- most well spent. Can anyone hack into the 23andMe database? This- mainframe. The mainframe. Hack into the 23andMe mainframe to see if any of the Ferris boys have submitted their DNA. We got to connect some dots. Yeah. In all seriousness, and I won't spend a ton of time on this, but it's going to be a show me. You got it. Iowa's offense has been so inept for so long. You got to show me. I need to see something that tells me this is different. We're going to be better. And Kirk Ferentz needs to, listen, defensively, he's a wizard. Kirk Ferentz could go. I honestly feel like this is true. Kirk Ferentz could go be an NFL defensive coordinator and be great. And special teams. They they like, literally hit home runs when, in two of the three yes. phases of football. If, if they get a competent offense, if they get an offense that is competent, this team can actually do Listen, something special. I think we've all been saying especially with the new 12-team playoffs. If Iowa so just have get that done. Do whatever it takes to get that offense. done. That's all I have to say. They will be special. I it took Kirk Ferentz 80 years to figure this out. Again, he's probably sending carrier pigeon to all of these offensive coordinator uh, you know, uh, people. And then whoever sent his carrier pigeon back, that's that was the, whoever the first one was. That's how he went through this hiring process. But the bar is so low. And we, this we're a broken record. How many times have we absolutely only won ten games this year? They somehow were better this year with a more even inept offense. This on this on the show that Iowa just needs like a pulse on offense, and their defense will take care of everything. They accident. what's his face? I can... Deacon Hill might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen in Iowa history, and yet he was their starter for the majority of the season, not due to injury and stuff like that, but you get McNamara back, you get a new OC. It can't – we're asking this question for a third year in a row. It can't possibly – Get well, and worse. to have Can to have it? your quarterback situation go from, hey, my starter is injured, and this is specific to college football, especially Power Five college football, to have it go from, hey, we're not an offensive predicated team as is. When your starting quarterback gets hurt, it should affect you very minimally, and I, I would say it did affect them very minimally but for all the wrong reasons. 
because Cade McNamara was bad when he was there, when he was the one starting. And then it just, it got worse, but it didn't get a ton worse when Deacon Hill came in. It just, it has to change. It has to change because you have had now two different seasons where if you had a good offense, I'm just saying a good offense, you would have had the chance to go undefeated with how good your defense and your special teams were. So. Heck, if they had a mediocre offense, they would have had a yeah, chance this, to go Yeah, this past season, they did. They lost to Minnesota. Spectacular. They lost to Minnesota. I don't want to hear about the kick return. I don't want to hear about any of that. You were in a game that was close enough for you to lose to Minnesota. That is all. Hey, put some respect on their name. They've won seven straight bowl games. That means something to people, okay? Fire that man. Row his boat right on out into the middle of the lake and puncture a hole in it. Nah, he ain't going nowhere. He got a lifetime contract. I saw a list before uh, Sharon Moore was hired, and he was on it as a potential Michigan head coach replacement. I'm like, if oh. we would have hired PJ Black I would have to cried. be our head coach. Guys, I'm not kidding when I say I would have struggled hard, really, really, really hard to get invested in that team. I think if that had happened, there would need to be an official investigation to see if athletic director Ward Manuel was an Ohio State. Actively sabotaging the sports programs at this school. Absolutely. Absolutely. There might That investigation might still need to happen. Exactly. The perfect inside He's the one job. feeding the information to the NCAA. He's Pete Thamel's leak. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get into something that lots of shows do. And normally the predictions never pan out, as you think. But that's why they're called way too early power rankings. We're going to give you ours for the Big Ten. And this is the new look Big Ten. So these Pac-12 teams are coming. We don't know much about these guys, but we know a little bit about Washington and Oregon especially. So I think we should go bottom to top. I think we I think we take turns doing like bottom five, middle five, and then the five above that. So we'll get to 15, and then we'll reveal our top three because there's 18 teams now. So with that format... Does anyone anyone want to volunteer to start? I can always start us off and give us my five. All right. I'll give my five first. So starting from the bottom of the Big Ten, I've got the Minnesota Golden Gophers at the bottom. We just talked about them, P.J. Fleck. I think this boat is heading in the wrong direction. You saw that last year. And then even in the bowl game, they had to beg and plead for someone to come play quarterback for them because uh, Ethan Kalligmanis entered the portal. Um, I just don't see a lot of optimism there in, in Minneapolis, just above them, Indiana. I do think they kind of crushed the head coaching hire getting, um, the guy from James Madison, but it's going to take some time. That team just doesn't have a lot of talent. They, they need a lot of help outside of a good coaching hire 
Above them, I have Purdue. Ryan Walter still has his work cut out for him there. Above Purdue, I have Illinois. And then above Illinois, I'll talk about this team a little bit, Northwestern. You might be surprised that I have Northwestern so low still after such an awesome year, but there's a, there's a ceiling with the talent level that Northwestern is able to acquire. And they may have hit... Who is screaming? Is that Barkley? Oh, sorry. My dog is freaking out. Um, Northwestern has a ceiling, and they may have hit it this year. Now, that's not saying anything poorly about the job that that Braun did this year. He actually did an incredible job, but they may come back down to earth a little bit. So my bottom five, Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, Indiana, and then Minnesota down at the bottom. All right. <clears throat> I'll go next. And Alex, way to steal my freaking thunder. I, 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 I can't stand you. I knew I was going to. I knew it. I mean, obviously the worst team in the Big Ten. And it's real far down there. It's them, and then there's like a mountain of poop, and then we start the rest of the teams. Minnesota, last. Dead last. P.J. Fleck, dead last. Garbage football coach. Garbage football program. Beat Iowa accidentally. We already talked about that. They are last. After them, you do have to go to the top of that poop pile because they made a very good hire. Oh, wait. This is where we differ. I'm going Illinois. I I just think Illinois two years ago, they had a great season. Last year, they did what I think all three of us kind of projected that they would do preseason, which is fall off. And they fell off hard. I was team Illinois going to a bowl game. I was I was off. Oh, okay. Well, Illinois, I just feel like immediately had that one good year and then just allowed themselves to fall back to nothingness. So I've got to put Indiana ahead of them because it feels like Indiana is headed in the correct direction with making what you already said a very good coaching hire, in my opinion. So I'm going to put Indiana above them. Um, so I've got Minnesota last, Indi- uh, Illinois, Indiana. Then I kind of struggled because I, I thought about this for a little bit, and I'm like, man, I really don't want to put any of these teams down here. Guys, I, I've got to do it. My fourth from the bottom team in the Big Ten is Michigan State. No, I, I, I've got to do it. It, it where they're currently at, what they are currently doing. We're talking about power rankings. This isn't about like, hey, which direction do you think the team is headed? I'm talking about power rankings. I mean, until they prove something to me, and that's how I would feel if I was a Michigan State fan as well. That's kind of what I try to do whenever we do this kind of stuff. I try to put myself in the shoes of like, how would I feel if I was a fan of them? Right now, bad. And until I'm proved otherwise, right? Until something else is proved to me to be true. So fourth from the bottom, I've got Michigan State. And then right above them, not by a wide margin, I have Northwestern. Um, Northwestern, obviously. You put those teams head-to-head last season. I don't believe they played. 
Northwestern wins that game. Am I wrong? If they would have played each other, Northwestern wins that game. Did they play? I don't think they did, but I digress. So there's there's my bottom five. Um, I'll turn it over to Corey. There's going to be a theme here with my list. You guys are talking about direction and whatnot and where you're, where you're putting your rankings here. Uh, my big theme is culture. So we're going to go from that perspective of things. Uh, ranking dead last, I think we're in agreement that this team is pretty close to the bottom is Minnesota. I think the wheels are just going to finally fall off with this team. They've been hovering in this mediocrity for some time. But some of the stuff that you saw with uh, the Kaliak Manis transfer was really surprising, especially coming from a P.J. Fleck type of team. And they beat Bowling Green in the bowl game, which, I mean, Bowling Green figured out Michigan's offense somehow, some way. But Bowling Green was not a good football team. Uh, and if what those things turn out to be true, Minnesota's in for a lot of trouble. Uh, second to last is Indiana. Uh, and I think that's just – I do think uh, what the JM – what it's Sig, Signati yeah, or whatever. It's a tough however, one, however it's a tough one especially if you don't know Kignetti, how to read. Excuse me. I've, I, I, yeah, and I don't know how to read. So I've I've made that – that's not that's a self-burn. I've made that – I made you're, that joke you're first. You're right, Corey. So you you can't said that about yourself. I don't know how to read, okay? Yeah, get, get rocked. Um They've got a long way to go, and especially in a non-traditional football market that Indiana is, it's going to take some time. Um, so I'm going to give Kignetti a pass, but it's so you they, can Indiana you can claim from that top fact. to bottom probably go has ahead. the worst roster in the Big Ten this year. But I like their coach a little bit better right now than PJ Fleck. Uh, 16 Illinois. I hate Illinois. I don't like Brett Bielema. I I think I think the fact that he didn't beat or that he did not get to the Big Ten championship two years ago with that team speaks everything that you need to know okay, about him. And it's not going to get any better. Not getting to a to big otherwise. 10 championship uh, 15, game when Michigan and Ohio state with still that play roster, it, it, still play football and they had to play. Right. But I'm talking about two okay, years ago. Right, he had I an absolutely loaded In that roster. Season, he did they the job not in. play Michigan and Ohio state? No, they just played Michigan. Okay, I apologize. I, I, I 100%. I I'm taking responsibility. I thought they played them both. I thought, I thought, I thought he played them both. I apologize. Yes, You're correct. Down. He should have won the Big Ten West. He should have made it to a Big Ten championship game. You are correct. Ethan, Ethan doesn't think I know ball. I was I wrong, ball. and and you were right. I don't, I don't like Bielema. I just. Thank you. I that that means a lot coming from you. Uh, I don't I don't like him. Uh, Down boy. I think if he didn't Down get to boy. The, if he didn't get to the championship with that roster in that fashion, I don't think he ever will. Uh, so Illinois uh, is there. Fifteen. I'm high on this team, but I think it's going to take some time. I I like the direction that Purdue is going, but again, it's kind of the same thing with Indiana. Like it's going to take a minute for. Uh, What's his? Well, I can't remember his name right now. Maybe I don't know ball. Ryan Walters, the defensive. The only reason that Illinois was any good with Brett Bielema, 
goes to Purdue, and I think he will be successful. And you could see and hear, like, at the end of the year, uh, a lot of, like, the announcers for the games that they were playing. Ryan Walters. You can see, like, Purdue turning the corner a little bit with the guys that they have. And uh, the Heinemann family, I think, the like, Purdue, for whatever reason, has these, like, traditional families that come in there. Like, the Karlaftises, uh, Ivy is going to be one of those people on the basketball side of things. And then the Heinemans, they have, like, three or four generations of players. Like, they've got some loyalty, and I think that will eventually help them as they're working their way up through uh, the Big Ten. Uh, and a bit of a surprise here, and I do think the style of play is going to get UCLA. I'm putting UCLA here. They will not, and I repeat, will not adapt well to the Big Ten style of play. And there was this weird thing going on that they wanted to fire Brian Kelly at the end of the year, and he was going to be fired, but then he's, like, back, and they lost They lost their starting quarterback. There's going to have to pick up a lot of pieces, and then I just want to see what they look like in November in the in the Midwest. I, want, I just want to watch that game for just for fun. Um, but they will not adapt well, and it will show. It's going to be like when Nebraska tried to come into the Big Ten uh, when they first made their way into the expansion, and they stunk, and they were terrible. That's what it's going to be with UCLA. So that rounds out my bottom five. I did not expect to hear UCLA this early from anybody, but hey, call your shot. And these are way too early. So we we get a chance to change these as we go throughout the offseason. So, okay, let me get to my next five. So that's 18, 17, 16, 18, So this is the 13th ranked team for me in the Big Ten. Um, I've got Rutgers. I I know they've got a lot of talent. Or I, I, they've got a lot of, of their team remaining from last year to this year. But I just I just don't see a lot of progression year to year with these guys. I just don't not if it didn't happen in the first three years for me when you're at Rutgers under Shiano, I don't have much reason to believe it's gonna happen in year four. So I've got Rutgers um in my thirteenth slot. And above them I have Nebraska. I would be tempted to move Nebraska higher here. I think they have a very underrated defensive coordinator. They just got Dylan Riola to come in and play quarterback for them. And we talked about how turnovers at the quarterback position were such a huge, huge issue for Nebraska. So I think this is a guy that, um, oh God. Oh, Matt Rule. Thank you. Well, thank God one of us doesn't forget. Matt Rule is a second year head coach. Look what he does second year everywhere he goes. Exactly. I think by the time we get to the season, I might need to move Nebraska up this list, but they're at 12 for me. At 11, I have Michigan State. I I just think John Smith's a really great hire, and he's bringing over a four-star quarterback recruit who spent a year under under John Smith's system, but he wasn't playing because of DJ. um, DJ His third college football team. Uwe Gooey? Yeah, transferred again. Well, they, they had a head coaching hire, so he got another free transfer. Yeah, he went to Florida State, oh. yeah. Um, so I think uh, having that year in the system is going to be great for him, and a huge upgrade at quarterback could mean a lot for Michigan State. 
above them. And again, these three teams right here, Nebraska, Michigan State, and the team I'm about to mention, a lot could change when I get to the season. I have Maryland. I have them here because I do not think the Talia absence is going to mean as much as people think it's going to mean. They have a guy waiting in the wings. I'm going to forget his name. His last name's Edwards. He's not a bad player at quarterback. He's a different kind of quarterback than Talia. He's more mobile. He's a bigger body. But he's been at Maryland for a couple of years. Honestly, the reason I don't have them above a team like a UCLA is because I just don't trust Loxley. And that brings me to my next team, UCLA. I just think they're going to have a good amount of talent. I like Chip Kelly, so I'm going to have them there. And then, uh, oh, is that my five? One, two, three, four. Yep, that's my five. So I have <laughs> Rutgers, Nebraska, Michigan State, Maryland, and UCLA. So this is starting out at team number 13, correct? I just want to make sure I'm not messing up my list. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep, the 13. Yep. So 13, right behind Northwestern, I've got Purdue. Um, or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misspoke. I have Rutgers. Um, I think Rutgers reached their peak this season. I very much agree with you, Alex. I think that was the peak of Rutgers. I think that is the limit to what they can do. Wrong. Um, I think there's just a lot of teams that have higher upside than Rutgers does. And this is, this can change, Corey, chill out, chill out. This can change moving forward. Um, <laughs> right, right behind, right behind Rutgers. I have Purdue. Um, I really like the direction the team is heading. They, I feel like Purdue has never had defensive prowess my entire life watching Big Ten football. They have never had the ability to play defense. And now all of a sudden they get somebody in there who knows defense very, very well. And like you guys say, national pundits were talking about how well they were playing defensively in the back half of last season. So they are a team who could also creep up the list. Not by much, though. After that, <clears throat> I, I agree with you, Corey, in a sense. I don't have them as low as you did, but I'm going to put UCLA here. Um, they had a bad season, and they had a bad season in a Pac-12, which we all thought early on in the season was the creme de la creme. Turns out a lot of those teams were creme de la crap, and UCLA was one of them. Fraudulent. Could not win a physical football game. Had no defense. So... I am not high on UCLA. Um, let's see. That I've done three, correct? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. It's hard to keep track. <clears throat> After You're good. Yeah, you got two more. Yep, two right more. behind UCLA, I've got Maryland. Um, I have Maryland here solely because I don't know what to do with them. So I'm just kind of putting them in the middle and just leaving them there right now. It's like putting something in your drunk junk drawer that you don't know what to do with. That's what I'm doing with Maryland right now. I want to make that very clear. I have no idea what to do with this team. Great. They've got a quarterback coming in, Edwards. I feel like the range of outcomes for Maryland is as 
wide as any team in the Big Ten next they year. They could finish as a top four team, and they could literally be the worst team in the conference. That is how I feel yeah, about Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think that's out of the range of outcomes at Maryland, all. Maryland, junk drawer. So there you go. I got Maryland there, and then next up... I just... I have I have Nebraska, and it, it's close with another team, and I'm very excited to get to the next round here. But I've got Nebraska there. Same kind of thing. I think Nebraska... I, I think Nebraska is going to start heading in the correct direction with Matt Rule in year number two, but I'll keep them. I'll keep my expectations tempered for right now. All right, fellas, you ready? We have ready vastly for different to come lists. in at number one on Corey's list. My next spot. This <laughs> you never know. Thirteen, and this is solely just from uh, post national championship. Uh, just downfall. I'm putting Washington here. And I'll tell you why. Lots and lots of disgruntled players. You get Washington, you build them up, non-traditional football power, you get them all the way to the national championship. Yes, they were in the playoff before, uh, but I think the Kalen DeBoer departure really bothered a lot of the players. And you saw that in the transfer portal. And then who is left that's going to stay? Very upperclassman, senior-dominated team, new head coach. We like the Jed Fish hire. Is he going to be able to stop the bleeding in year one? I think they will have a great time. I like think in the that, Big Ten, in the that future, sounded so funny. You're like, I think they, I think they will have a fun time with each other. I think they'll really enjoy, enjoy the company being in the Big I, Ten, but I don't think they're gonna enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna have so much fun. Nah, I. I mean, we're gonna have fun because the Big Ten commercial is gonna get expanded, right? Guys? I hope they, um, I hope anyway. they show that commercial. Uh, and I like think... interrupt it in the middle of it and be like, "We're never showing this commercial again, idiots." I why do I hope they I hope they just literally just start throwing poop at anyway. commercial mid commercial and then it's done forever. Alex, just mute Ethan for the rest of the show, please. Thank you. While I can get through my analysis of Washington, I think it's just the perfect storm of losing their national championship caliber coach getting a new guy in there, and then also getting into a new conference that has a completely different identity than the Pac-12. Uh, I think the change in game will hurt them as well, and then you have a lot of turnover, including your head coach. I do, I, that's a recipe for disaster for Washington in year one. Uh, number 12, I have MSU. I like the Jonathan Smith hire, and I think just with the, the culture turnaround, you're going to get – that's going to make a huge difference with the players that are in that locker room. And I think you'll see Michigan State uh, – getting back to being the thorn in everybody's side that nobody wants to play. It might take a little bit longer, but they will get back to some sort of relevancy in this season. Number 11, uh, hashtag junk drawer, uh, Maryland. They're there. No one knows what to do with them. Ethan, perfect description, but because they've been in the big 10 for however many seasons, they kind of, you know what to expect, Right. It's like bologna. Like, no one really wants it, Bro, but, like, I love eat it. A fried bologna. I was just about to say That's fried bologna is fantastic. Now, do I eat it a lot? No. But do I want one right now? Yeah. Is that your – is 
Never mind. I am an idiot. Number 10. Give me USC. I can't stand USC. They don't play defense at all. I guess it's it's a different style, not as high powered. They are going to get gouged on the ground unless they figure out something quick and something fast. And they're going to come in there with the expectation, we're going to run the Big Ten. Mm-mm, that's not how this is going to work. You're going to have to learn how to play a new game or at least adapt to it. They're going to struggle mightily. They're going to lose games that you don't think that they should lose very early on in the season. I think they'll figure it out in the second half, but by that time it'll be too late. And then number nine, Northwestern is going to break the cycle of we're blowing expectations out of the water you one haven't year, mentioned and then Western we're yet? just going to suck the year after that. I didn't even realize he hadn't said them yet. Nope. Northwestern ahead of USC and UCLA. Northwestern coming in, coming in at nine, baby. You heard wow. me correctly. I just, just incredible. I listen. I love it. I love the hot takes. If he maintains this prediction up oh, until the start God. of the season, there there has to be some kind of yeah. bet. There has 100%. to be something on 100%. the line. He's going to be the one buying the Northwestern jersey or shirt or whatever. Okay. Do you want mine? I still have it. Okay. All right. L- look. Let's, oh, no, do we want to just stay congruent? Do you want to go next, Alex? Yeah, I'll, right, go, I'll go, go, go next. Go. I'll go next. I think I left off one, two, three, four. Okay. Uh, so this is number eight for me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, numbers. Okay. At number eight. I have Wisconsin. I think the second year of the dairy raid will be much better than the first year, but I still think it's going to take a while to build that roster the way Phil Longo wants that offense to operate. So I have Wisconsin at eight, just above Wisconsin. I have USC. I don't think similar to trying to implement the dairy raid in two years, you cannot fix the USC defense in one year. They got rid of Alex Grinch as defensive coordinator, but that is not a, an easy fix by any means. And I, to be honest, I'm not sure if they've hired a new DC or not. I'll have to look into that. But and you're losing the best player in college football on the offensive side of the ball too. So USC has a lot of work to do. At Guys, six, just real quick, that was a Rich Rodriguez style defense at USC. Like, it was that bad. It was horrible. They couldn't tackle. They literally could not tackle. We won a national Never championship. His name. Everything is better. Ever again. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Wait. I'm, I at number six, I have Iowa. I think their, I think their, their defense is going to be consistently elite. They're, they're definitely losing some talent on defense, no doubt, but they seem to reload there. They always have talent on special teams. I think having Cade McNamara for a full season is obviously going to help, and having literally anyone else at offensive coordinator could improve them as a football team drastically. So I have Iowa at six. Just above Iowa, I have Washington. Guys, I... I know Kalen DeBoer is a great coach that they just lost, and I know they're losing Michael Penix and Roma Dunze and some transfers. I get it. 
Jed Fish is not a bad football coach. Look what he did at freaking Arizona. Speaking of Rich Rod, he is also bringing some guys from Arizona with him from in the transfer portal. And they're not like they're not trash transfers. They're pretty highly ranked guys. So I think Washington will be okay. Could I see them finishing below an Iowa and USC? Yeah, but I can't see much beyond that. And then last team, before we stop for our top three, I've got Penn State above Washington. Penn State is not higher on my list because of two reasons. Hiring Tom Allen, a defensive coordinator, mind-boggling, and James Franklin is still their head coach. And, and I think losing Manny Diaz, the Manny Diaz to Tom Allen move is Bigger going to be noticed. Yeah, yeah great take there. I really, I, I very, very much agree with that. All right, I'm going to give you mine. In, in in short order here, um, where did I leave off? Oh, I hate doing it this way. Um, what number was it? What number? This is number eight. Number eight. Who did I leave off with? Number eight to four. Nebraska. Nebraska okay, was your last you. one. Um, okay, so coming in at number eight, I have USC. And I, I, I think... There's no way you fix that defense in one year. You already made the point. I won't belabor it. It was very correct. Number seven, Wisconsin. Uh, They're in upper echelon, Maryland. I'm throwing them in the junk drawer until further notice. Uh, Really need to see what they're going to do offensively with that team. Number six. Oh, this is where it starts to get tough. But number six, I think this is where I'm going to have to put Iowa. I don't quite know what to do with Iowa, but I I just know their defense is going to be good. And then you just got to hope and pray that their offense gets a little bit better and and they can start to, you know, turn things around offensively. Um, Number five. Number five, I'm going to go. And this is a tough one for me. It's it's real close between these two teams. But number five, I'm going to go with Washington. Um, They're losing a ton, a ton. And it's going to be really hard for them, I feel like, to kind of repeat what they did last season. And then at number four, oh, man, these top four are going to be tough. I'm going to put Penn State at number four. I'm going to do it. I, I, I agree with you. It's it's hard, but I'm going to put Penn State at four. I, I just think, I think the loss of Manny Diaz is, like you said, bigger than people think. All right, fellas, you ready for this? Number eight, I believe in Matt Rule, and I think – we are going to break the cycle of Nebraska losing one possession games. He's going to turn the quarter. Matt Rule, hashtag year two. Don't don't give me any more explanation other than that. Boys, at number seven, the dark horse. Rutgers football. And I'll tell you why. Kyle Manungai is back arguably a top three running back in the Big Ten this year, and some may even say from last year as well, and they finally got a quarterback who can throw the ball. 
Can he throw it well? We'll figure that out because Ethan Cal McManus transferred to Rutgers, and he will take that starting job. You just need to be a little bit more dual threat, and I think Rutgers will hang in there and win a lot of games that you don't expect them to. So Rutgers is at number seven. Number six, give me Wisconsin. Again, team, been here for a while. They got a new coach, year two. I think that's going to be really helpful for them. Uh, and the offense uh, will look more like the Dairy Raid. Number five, give me Iowa. Their defense will be elite. We all know this. Even though he's kind of a tool, I kind of believe in Cade McNamara. And there's just no way. There's just no way the offense gets worse again at Iowa. They'll figure some things out, uh, and they could be competing for a top spot in the Big Ten standings. And at number four, we're all clear cut. It's Penn State. They just have the talent uh, to compete with anybody, but do they have uh, the uh, execution to carry that out? And we're not questioning it, but for some reason Penn State brass isn't. Um, as well, and they're keeping their guys and letting James Franklin ruin that program uh, for the foreseeable future. So that's my up until the top three. Let, let's, real quick, let's do three. All of us give three. Two, all of us give two. One, obvious. Like, yeah, let's do it that way. I'm very excited because we all have the same three top three teams, but I'm very intrigued as to what your order is going to be. My number order. three. I have Michigan. Hey, guess right. what, guys? At number three, At three I've got for Michigan. me, I've got you Michigan. You hate the team. You don't love this team. No, I, I just think real quick. I just, I just think it makes sense. Um, but it that are replacing underdogs. Head coach. We're haters. We're a bunch um, of haters. Yes, they're what coming we off are. a national championship. We all know that, but I think we're all being realistic as well. That well, their defense is going to still be offensively. They've got a lot to prove. Brand new head coach. They're the only team in the top three here, top five, I believe, in in the in college football. Offensively is where a lot of questions are going to have to get answered on that offensive line. Uh, who's going to be throwing they're, the they're football? Replacing, <laughs> they're replacing. They're replacing their top six offensive linemen. That yeah. is a tall, <laughs> task. very very tall task, no doubt about it. All right, I, um. Number two. Number two, I've got Oregon. Well, this isn't going to be uh, very fun because we all have to I'm, I'm never going to be Number a, two, I of a new team coming into a conference. And okay, so we all have Oregon Ohio State at Because the Big Ten Correct. has. Yeah. It, what what it was the difference for, like the for you, Corey, Ohio that. State and Utah's Oregon? Utah's the favorite to win the Big 12 in their first season there. But the Big 12 doesn't have the identity that the Big Ten and the SEC does you can't just come in there as a new team and bully everybody uh in the big 10 i i i think of the newcomers with everything that has transpired oregon is the best set up to play a similar style of game as the rest of the teams in the big 10 um but do they have the talent is the real question uh to compete with everybody else because I think they do have the talent. I will say this. I was closer to putting Michigan over Oregon than I was putting Oregon over Ohio State. I'm I'm I was actually opposite. I kind of thought that Ohio State and Oregon were in a tier of their own right now and then it was Michigan. So that's no, interesting. No, because Michigan's identity is Michigan's identity is two things. Run the football and play defense. 
they still have one of their two returning running backs coming back. They have a quarterback in in Alex Orgy or Jaden Daniels, whoever ends up winning that that job, who can use their legs, much like J.J. McCarthy. I tend to lean towards Jaden Daniels. I still think he has a really good shot of winning that job. He is a ball control quarterback. He puts the ball in the right spot and doesn't risk turning the football over. I really think he has a good chance of winning that job. But in in all honesty, do you mean Jaden? Do you mean Jaden Davis? Jaden Davis. I'm sorry. I said Jaden Daniels. I'm so sorry. Jaden Davis. If it was Jaden Daniels, they'd be number one on my power ranking. Mine too. Oh man, that'd be something. But he's not coming. Um, but yes, I mean Jaden Davis, and I just think that there's, I I think that defensively, Corey's very right coming into a new conference. Oregon did not play anybody with the defense like what Michigan has, like what Ohio State has, like what Iowa has all year last year. They played Washington twice and lost twice in two shootouts. So um, you, you can't, you can't win yeah, every game uh, that way I like the in the Dilly Big Gabriel, Ten. You just uh, can't. So I do think that there is a better like chance Oregon's that Michigan is better than that, Oregon than there is that Oregon is better than Ohio Gabriel. State. Uh, if he is on, he will be a Heisman finalist as well. And uh, Lanning staying, I know there was rumors of him going to Alabama, but then they eventually went with DeBoer. I think that's a huge deal as well. You get some stability there, and then you get a team that has been – I wouldn't say forged, but getting pretty close to that. There's some losses that they're going to want to avenge, and they're going to take it out on whoever's in front of them. Uh, Oregon's experienced. They've got the quarterback position down. That's why I put them over Michigan, despite Michigan probably going to have, I would say even better, a top three defense in the country because all of their key defensive starters are back because they were like sophomores, which is crazy to think about. Fair, but still, those players who were bullying some of the best in the country uh, are going to be there, and I think that still Replacing means a lot the as well. Defensive coordinator and then, is the one reason congratulations, why Ohio State! I think it's going to be you have won a little harder to do the 2023 uh, or the 2024 off season. So you get the top ranking. Here you go. It's national championship or bust. You have loaded up. There is no question about that. They did it. They did it in one off season. They didn't even make the playoff. Like Michigan did it progressively. Michigan went to the playoff, went to the playoff, and then in that third year, and they did it. They, it was they did in it my mind. It was championship or bust. Seniors and upper class in that third year with as Michigan. well as getting high and they got it done. NIL Ohio State just did that in players. one off season. They went from not making the playoff to national championship. Is that a lot? I'm unaware. So, um, but, uh. That is my ranking. Yeah. I think OSU. It's yeah. it's their conference to lose. Sixteen million dollars. Um, if they do lose it, uh, I kind of I kind of want to see what happens in Columbus. Like, what are they going to do? It's quite a bit. If they lose to Michigan again. No, I just want I want to know the psyche. Uh, I. Oh, if they lose to Michigan again, Ryan Day's gone. We'll have that. We'll have that conversation on a later date, and it will be a part of our preseason schedule that we have going on here. I've got a bag of questions that I'm going to be asking the two of you throughout the offseason, so be ready for that. They're just going to get sprung on you, and there will be no prep for those. 
giving you guys a little insight here at the end of the episode. We thank you so much for staying tuned and listening to us. Check us out on the socials. He already gave them to you at the beginning of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Big Banter. We love you. Peace.